Copy, ship boss. I got radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitcher up there. Thanks, mate. Steve Posnick, uh, welcome to Life of Mind, mate. Have I, have I pronounced it right, Posnick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has most most people just call me Posy? Uh, Posnick sort of gets a bit a uh, bit hard off the tongue at times, but um, you could call me Steve or Posy. Uh, yeah, oh, buddy. Oh, I think I, I naturally, uh, yeah, I naturally resorted to Posy. I think when I was talking to you, so and, and perfect. You're a jump operator, putting and you probably put some Posy bolts in at some point in your life. So you were just mate, you were made for underground, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, that that was the nickname of the nipper actually, Posy Bolt, because I used to just run out there and just try to, you know, please that guy up there on that pedestal. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then you'd uh, once you get to four o'clock, you uh, yeah, you run out of steam a bit, and the old uh, cramp starts kicking in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sweet as man, what are you up to at the moment? You're on R and R, are you? Uh, no, I'm. I'm well, you're obviously not underground working, actually. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've been I've been in Orange near the near the head office of the company I'm working for. We've just been doing a bit of a shift off course, so uh, knocked off a bit early. And the boys are down the road at the pub. I can I can see the Canopolis down there, but um, yeah, no, I'm here talking to you instead. Oh, that's the game, mate. It'd be good if you were doing both at the same time. It's uh, yeah. I'm not me and the me and the missus just got home from a holiday, so we're uh, the old love handles are a bit prominent on us. So we're uh, we're going a dry. We're trying to do a bit of a dry period, a few AFDs, a few alcohol free days. Normally, I'd be having a beer doing this, but we're uh, having chicken salad and water at the moment. It's bloody. Uh, it's not too interesting. But, uh, yeah, you just yeah. got back from Queensland, wasn't it? Yeah, we went to the Goldie for a holiday. Took the young fella to the theme parks and uh, all that jazz. So, oh, we I think we enjoyed it more. Oh, bloody loved it. This uh, there's this ro- new roller coaster at Movie World. That bloody uh, oh, it's is off its end. Tallest, fastest, longest in the southern hemisphere. Me and the missus. Yeah, I think we had more fun fun than the young fella. Yeah, 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 yeah. I live in Queensland, and and I think the week you were there, the weather just turned it on as well. Oh, well, that's it. Well, it was bloody 21, sunny and shorts and, oh, and there's, um, oh, I was at, at about 50 schooners anew, I reckon, because we don't get two is new over in WA. So once I got over there, I'm like, right, this is the, this is the bloody opportunity to bloody stockpile on what I haven't drank in the last few years <laughs> and, uh, hence the, hence the love handle issue. So anyway, we'll, uh, nothing, nothing, a bit of starvation won't fix. Yeah, yeah. Sweet as yeah. So, mate, uh, I think for everyone that's uh, not aware, but I think you put two and two together. Old Posse's your, uh, your the founder and uh, head honcho of Dirty Hole Designs. You would have seen the t-shirts floating around, uh, floating around Facebook. And there's we're actually uh, raffling one off for uh, Life of Mine if uh, for people that can share the page and uh, leave a review on Apple. So uh, yeah, make sure you make sure you get involved and we'll chuck it in a hat. So Stu, Posse, tell us about uh, how you come across uh, or come about with uh, getting getting uh, going from uh, your little side job from being a jump operator to uh, being a T-shirt designer. Oh, well, we're out at a, on a mine site in South Australia, a little single heading decline. It sort of went to a twin heading in, in the end, um, the conveyor drive, but we're little crews, everyone was pretty tight-knit as they are, your little crews bond, and we thought, oh, let's make a T-shirt, and we and a fitter out there come up with this idea of a, of throwing a slogan on there, it's underground, not fuck around, sort of 
that was oh, the so motto that was we the, had there. That was the foundation shirt, was it? That's what, yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Joel used to just say, you know, like he'd, he'd come down and he'd run hoses underneath the cab and whatever he had to do to get that jumbo going, just say, underground, not fuck around, you know, boys, and <laughs> go in there for the late <laughs> heading. And so we uh, thought I'd put on a shirt and I've got a friend of mine to come up with the little skull logo that we've got and thought, oh, we'll just get 20 shirts made and 20 turned into 40 and 60, 80. And then before I knew it, I was putting the bloody 150 shirts and all this money is going to the account. And I said, fuck, the, the taxation department's going to audit me again when they see all this money going in. We better make a legitimate business out of it and just, and just um, go through the right avenues and, before I knew it, there was a bit of money to buy, make another one, and we thought, fuck, maybe we're onto something here, and sort of just been rolling with it ever since. Ah, good on you. Where, where did you even just the? Where do you start with how to how to make a make a bloody shirt? Where do you the whole? Did you have to buy much gear for it? Uh, the yeah, what did you do there? I was pretty lucky. The guy, the the graphic designer that that um, helped commission the skull, like off a little kitty drawing that I, that I put out there. Um, he printed the first lot through his his screen printer and um, just gave me a bit of advice to so just go to a screen printer and, and and chat to them and see see what you can do. But the problem was we couldn't get the right quality of shirt. The first ones that come out were just just cheap things that you that you get through um, the screen printers. So we had to source some better quality. If it was going to work, we thought you know you, you've you've got to put the quality on it. Miners have a bit of money, so they don't mind paying, but they want to pay for the quality. So just trying to source the right shirts, and and that sort of that's where that started. Yeah, nice. No, it's bloody well, awesome, and I'll gather it. So, how long you been in operation for with it now? Oh, I think it's about a year and a half now. From the first one that was printed, we're going about one and a half. Then we had a one year birthday, maybe three months ago, but it started a little bit before that. It was just when we registered the business name. Yeah. No, that's awesome, mate. And look, oh, mate, you'll be going up to button up business shirts soon. You'll be uh, be uh, bloody dirty whole uh, shirt and tie going to sell it to the big corporations. I reckon I can see it happening. There was funny, funny story the other week. My my mother in law. Uh, Suzanne, God love her, absolute bloody legend. She uh, so when I put the I put the post up on Facebook saying like when you um. You sent me those, sent me the shirts, and just saying thanks very much, and uh, letting everyone know about it. And she, she messaged me, and then she's like, "I'm just going to say this, Matthew, uh, Matt. She doesn't call me Matthew. My mother does. She says, I'm just going to say this, Matt. I think it's a bit of a, a bit of an inappropriate name. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean, <laughs> Suzanne? I'm just like, I'm just like, underground's a very, it's just a dirty environment, and we, um, we go through a hole to get to work what's the issue she's like oh well i was there i said oh i said your mind is just in the gutter i didn't even uh (laughs) think of that that's just uh just disgusting but yeah no we Uh, we had a good oh that's it mate that's it oh no that's it's awesome mate and uh yeah look forward to making i'll probably uh i'll probably buy a few uh load up on the christmas presents for all the uh all the relatives, I reckon, mate. Well, it's we've, just, uh, we've I'll, get, them, I'll get, I'll get the, the mother-in-law one. Actually, she'll love that. Okay. <laughs> well, we got some um, some pretty high-quality bomber jackets coming out coming out next week week with some um, embroidery on them. So they're the trial run. We've tried to step away from um, a little bit of screen screen printing and try some embroidery to get, like we were saying, the corporate side of things, um, and just make it look a bit official on on something. Maybe maybe a bit more corporate and see how see how it rolls out. 
Ah, that's awesome, mate. No, nah, well done, mate. Well done. And and you pretty of trust me, I can em- empathise with your uh, the the work you have to put in in amongst uh, working on the mine side as well. Yeah, you, you don't get much of a you don't get much of a break, unfortunately, when you're doing all this shit on the side. So good on you, mate. Kudos. Well, well, bloody done. So, I know how yeah, you feel. You were saying trying to get the the marketing side and the website. There I was just YouTubing how to make a a web page bit by bit to build it together. And well, I don't know what I'm bloody doing here. I'm YouTubing how to make a web page, but I think I made something half decent to put up there. Yeah, no, I'll go. I thought it was done professionally by the looks, mate. Well done. Yeah, you done bloody well. But it's uh, oh that that's why people uh people make a living out of this whole marketing and side of things because there's a there's a lot to it and it's definitely not a definitely not something i'm an expert at so no good stuff mate so we'll, we'll go back to the let's go back to the start of your start of your mining career tell us a bit about how you how you got into mine obviously you didn't get in via t-shirts uh the foundation was a being an underground miner give us a bit of tell us it tell us your story mate how you got excuse the baby in the background it's a poor, poor little <laughs> thing's a bit upset Looking, she needs a bit of boob, I think. But, uh, right, yeah, don't we we're, all? We're all just we're all just fathers working on the side, mate. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I started in in construction and uh, had my own little company going, and I was working seven days a week. And um, my daughter was she was only just born, and I'd get up before she was before she was awake, and I'd work all day, get home, she'd be asleep, and. I just said to my brother, he was in mining at the time. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm working flat out trying to make some good money, but I've never seen my family. And he said, well, why don't I get you a job driving the truck? It's two and one. You'll be away for a while, but you'll have a week with them, quality time, and I'll oh, give, give it a crack. And I thought, fuck, this is this is pretty good. You know, I got out there and it was good culture. You know, everyone was camaraderie. Everyone's at the bar after work and, um, you know, everyone's saying, you know, you, you'll, you really enjoy the family time when you get home. I, you know, I was missing them at the first first couple of weeks and you get home and you get that quality time and you go, yeah, this is what it's all about. You think if you go back to work in five days and then the half day Saturday, you, you only really got a day with them and you're back out at work again anyway. So that to get that week with them, I just thought was brilliant. That's what I mean, just, just, just the opportunity to take them to school. Like, you don't, you know, all these families that yeah they're home every night but they're working monday to friday they they never even get to drop their kids off at school they're already on the bloody freeway going to work by then it's uh even even two and one it's tough that two bloody tough that two weeks away but just having that opportunity to be there in the morning and not not have to go anywhere yeah you hear a lot of people saying that even people on two and one get more quality time than some like parents that work nine to five monday to friday or absolutely so yeah, no, nah, good stuff, mate. And then, uh, so where was your first gig on the truck? Uh, I was in in um, in South Australia. Um, yeah, it was a it was a great little set. It was pretty small back then. It was, I think they, they had two jumbos and four trucks, and it just grew. It grew so fast. I, I looked back, and after a year, you know, there was ten trucks running and four jumbos. You think, fuck, it's such a quick growing industry. Yeah, yeah, oh, it is, and it's oh, it's, it's evident at the moment how much it's uh, how much it's taken off, which is bloody good for us. We're and we we're talking to Shane McClay about it the other week. Like uh, any person in the mining industry, due to the skill shortage, we're we're going to be such valuable assets just because they're in terms of there won't be 
people to put bums on seats. So it's our, uh, I guess it's our time to shine. You just got to make the most of it. And not, uh, as, uh, as I said, that's where the passion about the money comes from because I've wasted so much over the years. It's like you go through a boom <laughs> like this, you got to really make sure you get the most out of it because when she's quiet, no one, uh, no one gives a shit about you, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I I got in at a pretty lucky time. There was probably six months, and then the the boom sort of finished, and you, you know there was there was heaps of work, and all of a sudden there was there was no work, and and everyone was going, you you be a bit worried here, you know, like when all these jumbo operators were up on these pedestals before, screaming and yelling and carrying on in the meetings. The next minute they were just sitting in the corner with their mouth shut, and and, and the work started to die off, and all these older fellas that had all these good qualities about him and, and had all that information, they they just they just left and we lost all that information, all that all that skill and there was just the young guys that had to sort of step up after that. They just had to hang in through that through that, that dull and now it's picked up and I think that's where the skill shortage is because the companies didn't utilise those guys that had the skills to train the younger guys but they they lost it, they left. Yeah, exactly. And there's and you think of someone with thirty or forty years underground mining experience, like the well, you know, I've been uh, I may just sort of cracking the not even crack the decade in mine and I just think of how much I've learnt in that ten years. Then you think of someone that's chucked another twenty on that, how much they can really the things they learn in that next twenty years, like it's just Oh, it is is invaluable the amount of info that's out there, that, and that's just in one bloke's head. You imagine it collectively all the all the old fellas that have um, retired from mining or maybe retired early due to due to not the the jobs not being around. The as you say, the loss of knowledge. Oh, it's uh, yeah. I, I think you I'm touched base yesterday with Helen about that. it. You know, they 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 took off. We need to get them back as mentors. Yeah, exactly. And there's oh, there's so much and. Uh, the, the, everything sort of there's such a cross crossover between safety and production and everything these days because these guys the, all this experience can teach you how to do your job so easy and so efficiently which means you're doing it you're doing it safer as well because the usually the the easy way where you don't have to move much that's uh usually the safest way so that's, yeah, that's my, yep. my opinion anyway. So, hey, tell us about uh, how'd you go, like, take us back to that sort of first, when you first went underground, you've gone from construction into the into the unknown of the underground mining environment. How'd you, how'd you find it, mate? Pretty uh, pretty confronting or you took it with uh, arms wide open? I think I probably took it a bit cocky, to be honest. I, I thought, oh, I've come from construction, big high-rise buildings, a lot of people and Thought I can take this in my stride and and roll down there. Did not expect what I'd seen. I, I rolled down with the with the charge crew on their their re-entries. You know, no no idea what to expect and get down there and uh, you know something hadn't happened that it, that shouldn't have. And the Sounds boys on the radio <laughs> said, <laughs> I, I word it carefully, and the boys thought uh, well, we're going to make something happen here. And before you know it, I'm. <laughs> I'm rubbing bell wire on a battery, and you know, the rest is the rest is history. And, and I was hooked after that. I remember looking at me mate, hand dog, and I, <laughs> he goes, "That smile, mate, you're hooked, aren't you?" And I said, "Fuck!" I just thought, "This is the best thing I've ever seen. I can't believe we can do this." And I said, "No, no, no." And you can never speak of this ever again either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they usually put that. Uh, yeah, put that disclaimer in at the start. Oh, I remember uh, a fella told me a story where you 
think they had an engine engineer with them, or, or there's like a young a young fellow doing his time, and they um they, they I think they popped one from around the did a pop around the corner, and um they did it uh, they charged it with a fifteen, and they said right, mate, you can you can push the button. And uh, they're like, oh, right, right, oh, and they, they've gone around, they've pushed the button, they're like, whoa, what's what's going on? They're like, oh, it must have gone off, mate, we'll just, uh, we'll get in the ute and drive, and obviously eight seconds later, it's gone, boom! And this, they reckon this bloke just, they looked white as a ghost, didn't know what bloody happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, anyway, don't, yeah, don't try this at home. Yes, not allowed. Yeah, yep. But yes, yes, <laughs> you always, yeah, that's what I've found the best thing, just use other people's stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I remember that first day. Um, we I got dropped off with the shift boss and and did the rounds and we went down to see a jumbo. It was scaling a heading, um, and I didn't know what jumbo was. I didn't know what scaling was. And I'm you know I'm all green in me bright orange high vis and white as hard hat, and I'm rolling in no no earplugs in because you you don't understand what that you have to have those things in really. And I come around the corner and this fella. Derek Walker is just smashing this steel against the face. It's got this massive banana in it and the sound. I just thought, what the fuck is that? I don't care if it takes me 20 years. I want to turn on that. And the, the ship boss just laughed. He said, yeah, good luck, mate. It might take you 20 years. Posse, how long, how long did it take you to, to get on the jumbo, mate? Uh, I think it was about six years. I was pretty lucky. We, um, I was working at, at, at the big mine and, and, I knew where I wanted my career to go, and it, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen in a big mine. There's just there was too many people there for it, and it was a big company too, you know. So people were just were coming in, and that I knew to get on a jumbo, I would have to go to a single heading. So I waited, bide my time until one popped up, and uh, jumped at the opportunity. And, and as you know, when you've got a little four man crew, you've all got to be multi skilled. So it, it didn't take long before we all had tickets, you know, and um, I was lucky enough that it went from a single heading to a twin decline and they just bought another jumbo in and we had to drill another box cut and, and there was three jumbos before you knew it. So they, they said, oh, well, do, do you want a job on one? We need an operator right now. Ibarra had um, just won about three contracts at the time. They they had, had no one to fill the spots and they offered it and I... I jumped at it. It was like, fucking nice. Yeah, I'll take that. No worries, as oh. anyone would. Oh, and, and even just the fact that uh, <laughs> it got offered to you, how many people actually get offered a job? You pretty much got to uh, hold hold people, hold the foreman's hostage and shit before to, to until they give you a job on the jumbo. It's uh, to be actually offered one. Good on you. But that's a, I'm sure that's a reflection of your work ethic and your and your attitude that you take forward because uh, as we spoke about it with Bowder, if you're in the foreman's office bloody whinging and sucking about how much you deserve it and, uh, yeah, you're usually not going to uh, – they're going to look at someone else. Oh, that contract was – you know, we hit, the, we hit the aquifer and it was shale. It was pure mud come out of these faces and every day, you, you know, you, you might fight twice in the shift but you, you're all down there charging the heading and you're – up to your nuts in just mud. The pump Ugh. wouldn't suck it up. And, you know, you're pulling mud out of your bloody foreskin every day, cutting boots off you trying to get out, and, and it killed people. People just, if they were just warm out, they just went, and they were just leaving. You know, we, some of us just, we, we loved it. We thought this is this is what we got in the mining for, wasn't it? So what some people found as a, 
a negative, we just bounced off it as a positive. And, and the guys that did stick through that, that section, you know, it went for a while, I think it was about six months of that, um, all, all got promoted from it, all got, all got good things from it. Yeah, and and that's what they always say. Usually, the smaller, the smaller and shitter the joint, the tighter the crew. Like when you you, as you said, you're up to your bloody balls in uh, mud every day. Uh, I'd reckon you would have had a few a few good sessions on the piss after that. So you put your blood, sweat, and tears for twelve hours uh, working in that. There's uh yeah no no point bloody whinging about it. As you say, just uh, just embrace it. Just embrace how shit it is. Turn it into a positive. Oh, it, you've got no choice. I remember this this. This one time, the the bus is waiting for us to leave, and it was a seven hour bus ride back to Adelaide. And we thought, no, nah, we got to get this cut away. And and you know, old mates up there in the basket, the rest of us are, are, are trying to do the bit to the side. And we had earplugs in because you had to put your head underwater to find the lifter. And old mates passing a, a long <laughs> tier so you can push it in. And we had a, a couple of local fellas, and and they didn't know what to do, but they wanted to be part of it. That's how tight they were, you know. They didn't, they thought if they helped, they'd fuck up, but they want to be part of it. So we, they just walked into the water up to their waist in, in water and just stood there. And I, I remember looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember looking at Kyra and said, what are you doing? He goes, no, no, we're all together, boss. And I went, oh, awesome. I pulled out a lifted tube and he grabbed it and he played the didgeridoo like I've never heard before on a on a bit of lifted tube. And I remember the charge in the basket just stopping. And I thought, the bus is waiting for us to, to go back to Adelaide and here we are playing the digi. Water up to our bellies. Uh, yeah, it couldn't have been a better heading. That was that was awesome. That bus could have waited all day for that moment. <laughs> so you got you did get the bus home, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's everyone's everyone's discretion of it being a little bit late, but you know what it is. You know, it's, it's, as we say, it's underground, not fuck around, and get the cut at all costs. Oh yeah, mate. That's uh, mate. If you 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 wouldn't hear many many people that would go to much more of an extent than that. I reckon that bloody takes the cake. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you when you did take us into your into your jumbo career, Posse, how'd you? Um, and I guess we I talked about it a bit with Selby and just the. I guess that that sort of two-year apprenticeship, it's not official, but that you're going on the jumbo lot that first two years there, the bloody shit you go through trying to trying to bloody not to smash it and break everything and then and then you're refining. How'd you, how'd you find that journey, mate, when you first got on it? Oh, I, I think they called me two-minute posse because it only took about two minutes before I'd busted a hose off or a, or a fitting. <laughs> I, remember the, I remember the first week I knocked it a check valve off that uh, held the feed extension up and you couldn't use feed extension and oh, the boy, like we couldn't get one. Like it, it must've took two months before they, they got that check valve in and all the boys try to use feed extension. It just creeped back unless you held it on the moment you let go of that fourth lever. She just, she just rolled back and it, the dolly would come off the posi bowl and that just be, you could hear him <laughs> screaming at me from me donga. <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. Oh, and it's, but as you said, and after shit you break, you didn't even know it fucking existed. You, like, I didn't even know that yeah. thing was there. I don't know what it's called. And then you call the fitter. It's just like, I've knocked this thing off. It's situated here. I didn't even know it existed. I don't know what it's fucking called, but it's fucked. Yeah, you're trying to explain explain to them what it is, and the fitter's just laughing at you. You got, you know, it's this thing here, it's wrapped around that, and you go, oh, I think it's a dash eight. They get down, it's like a dash twelve or something. You know, you just you just throwing numbers out there, hoping for the best. <laughs> Between two and three meters long. Yeah. Oh, yeah when did you? Yeah. When did you? 
and I guess when did you make get that realization that we all get eventually? It's like right, going fast isn't working for me. I'm breaking too much shit. I'm going to slow down. When did that sort of kick in for you, mate? Uh, I'm not sure when when that sort of kicked in, but I know that it did. It did all click at one point. I, I suppose it's all a blur up to that point, but I remember it clicking, um, throwing some mesh up, and you know, I felt like the day before I had no idea how to use that jumbo, and then all of a sudden everything just clicked. The, the machine was doing what you wanted to do, and you, you thought that you're not sure how you really got there. To be honest, you, um, yeah, I don't know that that feeling of just knowing that it just clicked, and it seemed like it happened overnight. Uh, it took a while to get there, but when it did, it sort of just happened overnight. Oh, and it, but it's I mean, just, I'm, still, um, I'm still fucking stuff up all the time anyway. You know, I'm just winging oh, it really a, like everyone else. You're only bloody human because it's uh, and you would have had a. It's more the it's the sleep in that first few months, the sleepless nights you have because you're fucking laying in bed. You're like, why didn't that bolt go in? Why don't I, I drop that bit of mesh while I picked it up? And you just like, and then next minute it's twelve o'clock and you haven't slept a wink. You're just bloody that because it's such a. As you said, when you first you first seen one, it's such an obsessive machine. Like you just you just want to, and there's always everyone's out there that is better than you, and you're just like right, and you dedicate so much time and energy to try and uh, just to not not to master it, just to how to, how to bloody use it. Well, it's, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever learnt in my life, and I don't think anything will top it. To be honest, I think you're always thinking they're going to take you off it. You know, if you don't succeed, they'll they'll just take it away from you. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I think when you stop thinking about that pressure, that's when it. Um, that's when things are easier when you just just start rolling with it. Yeah, and you you just got to keep it keep it simple and try not to. I remember when I first got taught out of bore, and it was just like I was just trying to overcomplicate the maths of it all, the backsites, and just the trying to be so. Oh, and I just I just ended up fucking confusing myself, and just when once you just like fucking sit just keep just keep it keep it simple and god if it yeah try not god if it's got to be 200 mil extra wide just to bloody for a bit of guarantee just yeah just oh nothing worse than god i left a few skinny ones that just the amount of fuck around you have trying to pop things back to size and just from trying to overthink things oh yeah and now, now it's just like oh what comes out comes out you know your basic principles it's uh yeah just keep keep it simple and all oh, the amount of the amount of mistakes you make when you fucking stress levels are just uh peaking at the bloody in red line it's uh yeah just relax just relax it was good having a good cross shift too you know you'd roll in there with your tail between your legs and go oh yeah you reckon you could just replace that bolt when you get a chance mate yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was lucky enough that my my cross shift was the same boat as me he just they just started giving his time so we you know, me and nick really looked after each other you know yeah, yeah. Well, I that's like my my cross shift at the moment. He's a um, he's probably been on the jumbo twenty years, and it's just like oh, it's awesome. Like he just just even in your handover, just the amount he teaches me. I'm only um, compared to twenty years, I'm a baby compared to him on the jumbo, and it's just like the amount of little things they can just teach you. Because oh, the as we said about just mining experience in general, guys that have been on a jumbo for twenty years, like a, you. I think of back to when I was 12 years old. That was when this guy started on the jumbo. And it's like, oh, there's so much, uh, so many little tricks to learn. And, uh, yeah, well, I'll definitely get a lot more out of him than he gets out of me. We can put it, uh, that's the honest truth. But it's, uh, yep, yep. yeah, yeah, never ending. What's, um, what's your, what's your forte, mate? What's your forte? Everyone's got the thing they 
they'd say their cream is. What's, what's your cream on the jumbo at the moment? You, you, you're Bolton, Boren, bloody uh, cable bolting. What's your what's the thing where people would come up and say, oh, like, oh fuck, old Posse's pretty good on that da-da-da-da-da? Uh, oh, probably none of it. <laughs> oh, come on, oh. mate, mate. You may as well pump up your tyres because no other bastard's gonna. <laughs> oh, I think the, the last place I was at, we were – we were doing these little little sheets of mesh, so only three and a half metres long, three rows in them, and and I I think I bolted one up in forty five minutes, and I thought I I thought I'd done that pretty good. You know that I, I thought I'd I'd made it that day. Um, yeah, that I think when the mesh started to to kick in, uh, yeah, I think I think that's a bit I like now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, throwing the mesh up and just making it look neat. I mean, nothing better than a beautifully mesh heading, is there? Yeah. Oh, and just but then once you, what well, just the you appreciate the whole cycle, the importance about just even keeping your perimeter when you're boring, just keeping that perimeter to 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 standard and to to keeping it smooth and avoiding the blowouts. Like how much time it saves you when you go to mesh it the next day if you like if you end up following yourself in the cycle like it it's like oh it's when the me- when that perimeter's nice and perfect you're like oh the mesh just goes up there it doesn't bloody bend you haven't got pockets pulling it forward you haven't got to worry about your overlap it's just piece of piss just the uh the i think thinking, the trouble i got myself into was laying those last ones down so i wouldn't have to move forward and then you'd come into mesh you'd have to be that far back you know and yeah Yep, your old study bending them bast. It doesn't take much to bend them bloody things. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So I think, you, yeah, you, you, it's not only about looking after yourself, looking after your cross, you're just making sure you take that extra five minutes at the end, even though you think, oh, I'll just get this done and then I can fuck off. Um, yep. Just take the extra five minutes. And even, and just the, with those bloody stubby bars, all two things that, people taught me all well, the first one was about the the geometry of the jumbo because if you know these stubby bolts are bloody laying over and you're fucking going in there like just the the power of that dpu the power of the knuckle like curving like hooking it right in and bloody using your rollover to like you know where you don't have to pull back and forward like you can gain about half a meter front and back using that dpu to sort of when you're on those bloody got those real shallow angles and your zoom tubes right in oh that was awesome what uh, the power of that you know when you know when you first start bolting they say oh look you shouldn't touch your dpu blah 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 but as you know when you get going with it the the amount you can do with that dpu to gain ground at the front and back it's uh it's pretty powerful and and even just just look it up the stubby bolts when you wheel in like if they're laying over you'll be able to see them from the bottom and you know right if i put that in close to vertical she's got to fucking bend and then uh yeah that that's how you can you can a half an hour can get added onto a head in, in no time when you start bending bolts and bloody fucking having to redo stubby bolts and oh yeah yeah Oh, geez, it's a fucking stressful. There's been some hard, uh, some hard days on the jumbo, and there's plenty more to come too. I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a, I had a nipper recently through the old coupling behind the, the front bush, and I bolted that. I bolted oh, that boom no. straight to the back. Yeah, it was an MD bolt. Too. I don't know if you know them. them oh, bolts where yeah, you don't. They're not. They're, they're not. Uh, yeah, they're not pretty unbreakable. Besides dry hammering them for fucking 10 minutes and heating them up that they eventually snap. But other than that, you can't bloody snap the bastards. Oh, I'm just spinning this thing around. I thought either that bolt's going to give or 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 the front end of that boom's going to fall off. But no, yeah, the, the jumbo one. 
Yeah, well, we um we had them at uh, Kinlocks at um at Telfer, and there was like uh oh there'd be like you know seismic events or whatever and you'd have to go and rehab and you'd have to snap snap bolts off and stuff and oh mate the oh there's probably easier ways out there and if anyone's got them post them up but god it's like the only way to snap those kin locks was pretty much get a get the bit bloody perpendicular to it and full percussion and dry hammer this bloody thing for as long as it can to get the thing you pretty much had to get the bolt red red hot that it eventually eventually gave give it a bit of a wiggle and it snapped at that point but you just had to hammer the bastard for oh and you'd end up obviously you'd end up bloody doing shanks because you're heating up the shanks so much and oh it was um yeah she was uh yes they're not fun it's a lot easier just to put them in straight i've figured after these years <laughs> yep 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 yeah they had to buy me a couple of beers after that that was sure Oh, you'd reckon you'd reckon he would, especially if you uh, you ripped the front plate off the bastard. Uh, he'd be uh, should be worth a more couple, of, worth more than a couple of beers. Yeah, oh well, he won't do it again. He won't do it again. You won't think. I'll just hold on a sec. Oh, you're back. Are you, are you there? Yeah, cool. Yeah, Sorry. mate, gotcha. Yep, yeah, fine. Same. Jeez, I thought it, I thought it was that bloody awkward silence, mate. It was like we're on. This is like our, um, as I said before, it's a bit like a Tinder date. This, this uh, <laughs> first first meet. Oh, that's what we, we were going to do the video, but um, yeah, the uh, yeah, the, the the missus might get a bit suspect if I'm uh, got the video cam going on with some random blokes each day. <laughs> where where are you? are you in your in your living room? What are you doing out there? Yeah, no, porch? I'm just um, I'm just in the uh, in the 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 open office out in in the house um yeah i've been i've not got the privilege of uh having a big uh, media room uh, for for a radio station or uh an assistant she's uh she's all she's a pretty rough show mate it's all my own my own editing and yeah it's uh wherever i can get it as i said there's going to be babies screaming in the background but oh, it's like it's like well i'm not uh i'm, I'm no uh yeah haven't got the luxury of being a professional it's all and it's all in my spare time so it's uh yeah well it is what it is i'm uh, presenting it to uh you know minors with minors with families as well so i'm sure everyone can uh sympathize with my situation and uh, yeah and if you don't like it fucking listen to something else <laughs> yeah yeah i agree nah, awesome. i know what you They're mean all... about trying to squeeze it all in i mean i've moved one of my kids out of their own bedroom made them made them bunk up in, in in the other bedroom and I've taken their, their room as the office for the dirty hole stuff, you know. Sorry, kids, you you got bunk beds now. I had them as a kid and now you've got them, but uh, I need your space for some T-shirt. Yeah, I'll gather the bloody and they'd be in here. They're like, dirty hole would be your, uh, be your fourth child, I'll gather. <laughs> well, let's, let's hope there's no four, fourth child. Yeah. I don't no, wish that not. upon anyone. That's just irresponsible. <laughs> Oh, and it's a bigger, bigger car. You're gonna to have to get a seven seater car. Like the implications of uh, letting one slip through for a fourth. That's uh, yeah, yeah. We're um, we're gonna have a go for a third, but there'll be a, the the chop will be going on straight as soon as it comes out. I'll be getting. The, I'll see if the doc can actually do the chop while um while we're in the theatre. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, sweet. Oh, those, those Queensland um, those Queensland family passes just got more expensive. That's that's what oh. happens when you have the third one. Nothing's a family pass anymore. You want to go on a cruise, you got to buy another cabin. Oh well, that buddy. Oh, funny story. Funny you mentioned that. So when we did fly over, so I got the the um 
missus and two kids and five days prior to the to when we flew to the Gold Coast of uh, the missus got the vomiting bug um, up up spewing the, you know the six hour power session you just got to hold yourself in for you know you're going to be spewing and I'm like oh right I hope I don't get this so we're flying out five o'clock in the morning uh, Sydney uh, Perth to Sydney and uh, one o'clock I wake up and spewing me hole up I'm like you have got to be fucking kidding me and I've I've just like well I've just got to I've just got to hop on this plane I know I'm going to be good by about uh, lunchtime, and mate I just sat in this plane seat hugging the hugging the seat in front of me it was about the only comfortable position I could get in and the poor missus has got the baby seven month old baby and then the young fella he's seven so he looks like give him an iPad and he's sorted and uh, oh and I just sat there and then so all these people on the plane are probably looking at her running around after this baby and thinking god this husband of hers is fucking useless but yeah, uh, hung over, yeah, that's what they're thinking it did look probably hung over but oh the, the actual yeah it was uh mate it was the worst the worst flight it's the worst feeling being in a turbulent plane with this vomiting bug but um oh and trying to go into the toilet and do you do your business uh yeah she was uh she was a rough day but it, it was all good it was all worth it it was a good family holiday but uh i know well i wouldn't wish that pain upon anyone but sydney to perth it, well this was perth to sydney so it was all right so it was the three and a half four hours if it was fucking the other way where it's an extra hour oh yeah rough day ginger i had a ginger beer and a lemonade and that got me out of the shit at the end so, yeah, wouldn't wish that pain upon anyone. So that's me. Um, yeah, that's me. Big whinge for the day. So, yeah, all good, mate. So now we've uh, we oh let let's uh, how long you been on the levers for now? A few years, eh? I think you said. Uh, I think we're probably just marked over three years now. So still at the still at the start of it. Still at the start of it, really. Yeah, nice. What what uh, you got any advice for uh uh? Operators that have just got on the levers and uh, going through the uh, the two minute posse sort of phase of ripping the ripping the ripping shit off everywhere. You got any uh, any advice you wish to? Oh, I guess advice you wish you could give to uh, three years ago posse. Oh, it's definitely that um, when those um, fellows are training you, don't just just turn that hit that e stop and just listen to them. Don't just nod your head at them because we all know you can't hear a fucking word they're saying. And you're just yep. nodding because you don't want to say you don't know because you want to feel like you're an idiot. Just just turn them power packs off and listen to what they're going to say and just really take it in. If it, half the stuff I'm, I'm recalling now from what they say, that makes sense. I think if only you just listen to them a bit more at the start, um, slow down. That's the big one, isn't it? Just slow down. Listen to the old fellas and, and just slow down. Take a breath. I'd wig out a bit, you know. You just have to go for a walk up the drive, don't you? Just walk yeah, up and to the head or and just come stop, back. And, stop and eat something or bloody God, have a durry if you smoke, whatever. But just, yeah, as you say, just because sometimes you can just keep going and going and going and you're just getting further, further. You're just sinking further. It's like bloody quicksand sometimes, isn't it? I remember I had uh, this fella, Tommy Marshall, train me up at the start and I'd just be, I'd be wigging out. I'd be smashing the hard hat against the dash and he used to just laugh. I, I think he got off more watching me fail than he did watching me succeed. He just, he'd always have this <laughs> big rumble in his belly. <laughs> oh, it's, and it's, uh, and as you say, it's just time and it's just years and years and years of bloody refinement and learning. Like guys that are, you guys that have been on it five years and they're like, oh, I thought I was, 
I thought I was cruising for a while there, but then when I hit that five-year mark, it just all these new windows opened about how to get quicker and smoother and just the amount of like, just that tiniest bits of finesse that an average bloke wouldn't see. And that, that's the hardest thing about when you're training on it. Oh, it's more so when after you train because you're, you're with these guys that are, or the guns or whatever that are training you up, but all the little things that they do, you don't notice because you're too busy trying to just look at the fucking overall sort of the macro concept of the jumbo. But when you, then when you get on it for bloody and you, you're on it for three years, you don't really see any other operators work because you're, you're working on your own jumbo and you, it's just, I'll just wish you to the, any opportunity you get, like, and Selby said it the other week, like even if you just have to knock off five or ten minutes earlier to go pick pick a guy up and just watch him for five or ten minutes, he might be doing something, those little things that you wouldn't have wouldn't have noticed in the early days. And that can God, that that ten minutes loss of work can save you might save you bloody half an hour the next day and every day after that. So yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, take yeah. take and, every opportunity you get. I I was on the four twenty and then they we moved sites and I was thrown on an M2D and I thought, this is not where I want to be. I'm like, I'm just trying to get my head around the, the Sandvik gear and now you've thrown me on the yellow jumbo and I thought that was the worst thing anyone could do to anyone, throw them on a, on a different machine like that. And I went from the, I started to get my head around that and then they threw me at a different line. I was on a 120 single boomer. I thought, this is just, this is chaos. Then went back to the, the 420 on another side and you, you realise it's at the time you think it's, it sucks, you know, like you, you're just trying to get your head around every machine. And, but I look back now and think that's probably the best thing I could have done, jumping on all them other machines. You really appreciate the machines you're on when you – I suppose you really appreciate the, the Sandvik Jumbo when you get back on it after being on some of those pieces of shit. Yeah, well, I gather you're back on the Sandvik one now, are you, mate? Yeah, yeah. yeah much, oh, that's good, mate, because I was about to – oh, mate, there's a rule here, no Atlas jump operators on here. I'll have to hit the stop button. But no, no, I'd love to – I'd actually love to talk to – speaking specifically specifically about the, the M2Ds, what's the – because everyone, you just hear that stigma go around that the Samvics are the bloody better jumbos than the M2Ds. Is there anything about the M2Ds that are actually better than the Samvics? Look, that drift is pretty good, but everything around it's, oh, it, yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, I like the drifter, but I don't like it. I like nothing else around it. But those those new the high frequency drifters on the four two ones now, like you, uh, that would uh, be surprised. Did the Atlas ones keep up with them? But they because they drill like a fucking machine. Yeah, I'll, well, the the M two D I was on was a pretty pretty old old thing, but that backhammer that's. I couldn't get enough of that. Just being able to just crack that that coupling or knock the bit off with just a, the slightest little little feather. I thought that was great. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, because they got them on the um on the long aisle rigs, I think the backhammer, but uh, obviously not on the not on the jumbos. Yes. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. We've, uh, I suppose we had to give Atlas something, mate. I don't want them coming to fucking sue me for defamation for slagging <laughs> off their jumbos, but uh, I'm sure they'll be right. So, mate, let's get into your, I guess you, you, besides you, since you've got a bit going on in your life, you've got your jumbo career and your, uh, and your shirt career, there's, a, there's another big, I guess, another big passion in your life, uh, the mental health awareness, mate. Um, take us. We're, we're going to do a 
I'll talk to Posse before we're going to do a dedicated episode to, I guess, Posse's uh, journey with uh, his mental health campaigns and uh, I guess uh, where his passion lies with it all. But um, and he's going to get his facts and figures right before we uh, before we uh, dive into this. But mate, where did give us a bit of a rundown on, uh, I guess, where this uh, journey started, where you've done all this amazing stuff with uh, mental health in the mining industry. Uh, well, the passion come from a, uh, I lost a friend on a, on a mining site to suicide and uh, it sort of affected me in, in quite a way. You know, you, you're all, uh, you, 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 everyone talks about being a family underground and, uh, you know, it's like losing a, a family member. Um, and, you know, you want that, that family to have as much support as they can and, and I, I found they probably weren't getting that, um, which made me think, or maybe there's more people out there that aren't getting that support. Um, then we started seeing figures of um, what the actual suicide rates were in, in FIFO. Um, well, looking at gas up in um, Curtis Island, you know, they had 11 suicides that year. And we, and I just thought, dear, you know, we're all Was that just minded. that mine site? Like just that, that one that mine site. 11 on, that's unbelievable. That's crazy, isn't it? One year in twelve in twelve months. So, um, bloody hell! I uh, I thought you know we, we, we like to believe we're big, tough, strong miners, and you know, we are to a certain extent. And we we don't talk about those sort of things. And I thought what I wanted to achieve was people just talking about it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know the, the, the big facts are, again. Like I said, I'll we'll, we'll get into that in the next episode. But it's pretty common. Uh, I think it was one in. One in four, when it comes to FIFO, suffers from some sort of mental health, whether it's anxiety to um, thoughts of depression and um, suicide. So I just wanted to create awareness of it. And it, um, I, I saw a jump on the Movember um, bandwagon after sort of promoting it for a few years. And this dirty whole thing was seen like the perfect way to do it. Um, we ended up printing 300 shirts and and got a lot of a lot of people interested in it, even from overseas. We'll selling shirts to Hawaii and, and America. Um, and people got in touch with me after and said, you know, we, we wish we knew more about this so we could have got on, on and helped out, um, you know, straight away. But this year we hope that those people are still keen to help us out and make the campaign bigger than it was before we raised $5,000 towards the Black Dog Institute um, then. And we're hoping to... Well, at least, at least get close to that number again. I mean, even if we wait, raise a hundred bucks and put awareness out there, we're, we're happy. But it's it's great to put a figure on it and be able to donate it to a really worthy charity. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. And you're fucking on by, on behalf of everyone. That you're just a fucking legend. Been doing all this off your own bat, and <clears throat> it's just it's just awesome, mate. And because the old, <clears throat> sorry, mate, the uh, the the days of the old fucking hard nupper just they're gone which is which is great i'll just you don't you don't hear it as much at mine sites anymore and the because they've and it was a bit of a slow slog all the those all those are you okay days and all that that they sort of went through to, and, and there would have been so many people like ah oh, what's this fucking shit they're hardened up but now it's it's actually they've kept they've stuck with it they've stuck with these campaigns and it's actually getting it's getting a really good focus on mine sites now i think but and more so at the ground level like um all the workers are actually there's 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 actually all your hard nut workers are actually saying look 
bloody having a yarn to people and saying, oh, what's going on? Because as you see, as you know, crews are, when crews are tight, these conversations always happen behind closed doors. And oh, I just feel that they're happening a bit more often now. And it's directly or indirectly because of these people like yourself uh, that have persevered with these uh, mental health campaigns. So, yeah, not awesome stuff mate i'll just keep it up and um if i can if i can be involved in any way come uh november let us know we might even get some uh might even get a combination uh dirty whole life of mine logos uh t-shirts going mate if you know any good t-shirt design people uh yeah yeah That'd be uh, that'd be great, mate. I'd love to love to get involved. Uh, as we said before, I can't really offer much besides a, a free interview, which are already free. But uh, yes, I'll be uh, I'll be happy to donate, and I hope everyone else bloody gets on board. But yeah, we'll bloody we'll spam the living shit out of it on Facebook come October, October November, mate. Well, it sounds like we've got some um, some good stuff coming out um, this year. We're gonna do it a little bit earlier than than November. Just uh, the amount of, we didn't anticipate printing so many shirts, so unfortunately, and we do apologise. Some people got their shirts a, a lot later than November, but um, we just the backlog of them was pretty crazy. But uh, it sounds like we've got um, some some merch being donated from um, Sandvik to be auctioned off and. Uh, there's talk of some stuff, uh, some framed Guernseys and stuff. Maybe the I think the Wallabies Guernsey, all signed by one of the the, the, the Wallabies team, I suppose. And um, yeah, Helen Fitzroy's got to paint paint some paintings and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But you'll hear more about that when it's when we finalise everything. Yeah, no, it's awesome, mate. You know, I, I caught up with Helen as you know yesterday, and off. She's just a bloody. She's a one in a million. That woman, and just I've seen some. Pure gem, absolute oh. gem. Absolute legend, and we were just uh, oh, we had a great time. I said, oh, come up for um, we'll come up and do a bloody round two interview, and we'll be getting on the piss next time. We had a coffee when we were doing. It. I said, yeah, I'll bring a bloody bottle of red up next time. I reckon. So, but oh, she's just a yeah, just an absolute legend, and just she just dead set bloody through it, put everything down. I asked some, I guess I asked some pretty hard, oh, hard questions. She had to and. She relived the exact moment she went through when she lost her husband and just, yep, just more more than willing, but it just puts such a great focus on mind, sight, safety, mental health that, as I say, it all crosses over these days. And, um, yeah, and that's the that's the greatest thing about this, this podcast, the people I'm meeting like her and yourself, and it's just, oh, I reckon I'm the luckiest bloke in the world. I'm bloody, uh, yeah, luckiest bloke in the world that doesn't make money out of it. But anyway, we'll do it for the <laughs> love of it, don't we, Posse? That's right. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Yeah, no, nah, it's awesome, mate. Well, uh, yeah, and as as we said, there'll be a um, we're going to do a big uh, a big mental health episode and expand on uh, all the work that Posse does and uh, just to, as we said, create a bit of awareness. And even had a guy messaged me the other day and uh, wants to come on the show and he uh, had a workplace injury and sort of went through the battle of uh, being off work and sort of the the demons that are associated with that and he's he's coming on to share his story and i just think it's great i just think it's great and and people love it's probably a weight off their shoulders being able to tell their story and look i'm anyone that's got a story to tell i'm more than more than happy to bloody interview them i just think it's uh more awareness the better and yeah get in get involved everyone it's great yeah you're on a good thing there matty for sure i've yeah, it's it's common conversation now to hear. Oh, did you listen to the the podcast last night? And well, what podcast? And you 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 throwing people the link, and they come back the next day to talk about it. And yeah, yeah, I've got mates over in Canada now that are sharing it with their mates in Canada, and they're all 
asking all about it and stuff. So you, you, you're going everywhere, mate. It's great <laughs> to listen to. I really enjoy it. Oh, that is hilarious! But it's just the fun. It's the funniest. Thanks very much. It's just oh, it's just the funniest thing because I'm just a fucking, I'm just a bloody jumbo operator, and I'm I'm getting the opportunity to. I've got some episodes coming out of um with these bloody property and stock market guys that are on the, on the business channel every day as panelists, and um uh, these guys I've been talking to them on the phone. I'm just like I can't believe I'm talking to someone famous. They're just average blokes, but uh there are uh, when you see them on telly and then you talk to them, just the opportunity, the fact that they're uh they're bloody willing to talk to me. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'll just I'll just have bloody just a rock eight pulling levers at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's just the the world's opening up, and I'm, I'm, I'm luckiest bloke in the world. So yeah, nah, all going well, Posy. So we'll um, I guess we'll bloody we'll wrap it up there, mate. And uh, I've had a had a great time doing this. It'd be great to do one in person one day, and we'll get on the cans and uh, do a bloody bit of a bit bit similar to me and Tucker did. I hope you don't drink as much as him. He's too costly to bloody. Feed pissed on <laughs> You'll have to I'll have to sample one of them bush chooks as you called it. Oh, I've never had, had one before. Court, so oh, I've never had the privilege. Oh, mate, it's uh, it's mother's milk. They're just oh, they're just bloody beautiful. It's it's only because Tui's news not available in Perth that'd be the that'd be the drink of choice. What is your poison you drink over there, Posse? Oh, it's great northern, mate. Great northern. Oh, yeah, that's bloody. Don't they? Uh, that's that's outsold forex, hasn't it? In Queensland, supposedly Great Northern's bloody taken forex's market share because, as you know, forex was. Uh, Surely, was I haven't seen a forex in a long time. Really? Oh no! Well, they got the bloody. They're still sponsoring the Maroons, but um, yeah. Oh, Great Northern and all that. Oh, I can't drink it. It's bloody too light for me. It's like bloody yeah. But oh, and the heavy ones would be all right because I've only ever had the mid-strength ones. I gather the heavy ones have got a bit more mongrel in them. Yeah, they're, they're still not quite up there with the with the standard one, but um, yeah, oh, they're I'd, I'd they're great. They go down like anything, especially that Queensland weather. It's just sunny, and you're on the beach, and they just they don't even hit the sides. They just straight down. Yeah, nice. Where where are you in bloody sunny Queensland? You in Brizzy Gold Coast or Sunny Coast? Up the Sunny Coast, um, yeah, up near Malabar. Oh, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. As I said to the missus when we're over at Gold Coast, I said, oh, this is. If we're going to retire early, which we're probably not going to, but if the the lotto comes through, like, nah, you've got to go to the East Coast. There's, oh, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like this. Uh, not many joints in WA that are built up like beautiful sunny coasts. It's just a beautiful part of the world, mate. So, yeah, no worries. I'll, I'll, I'll be over. You've you got a spare bed if I get the get the urge to come over, mate. I've got four. There's four of us. I've got a baby. Yeah, we'll work it out, mate. She'll be fine. We'll throw in the lounge room. Kids bunk up. She'll be right. Oh, just kick the kids out of one of their rooms, mate. You've already done it once. You'll be right. Yep, yep. Uh, Good on you, mate. Well, mate, thanks very much for your for your time today and uh look i've had a it's great to great to meet you over the phone and uh look forward to meeting in person one day and uh, actually getting involved in all this uh all this uh dirty hole uh advertisement and uh campaigning you do for mental health or uh can't can't wait it's and it's awesome stuff keep it up mate so uh look thank we you sign very off much with... for contacting me and uh yeah getting me on the show i appreciate it Oh, bloody loved it, mate. Now, we've got to, we've got to, as you know, we sign off with a message, mate. We sign off with a message each episode. What do you got for us? Oh, just remember it's underground, not fuck around. And just get in there, boys. Get the job done. Oh, love it. Oh, love it. Good on you. Right, hey, listeners, over and out. Have a good one. And remember, it's underground, not fuck around. Catch yous.